Hello everyone, welcome to the Refugee Project podcast, a new initiative from RPM's voice team. For those of you who don't know, RPM is a local organization formed by students who volunteer in different teams such as language classes, sport and music activities, activism and even gardening. The aim of the project is to connect students with asylum seekers in order to build mutual understanding. And our main goal is to give a platform to asylum seekers and refugees to share their stories, opinions, and criticisms, but also anything that is relevant and that more people can benefit from knowing, we are here to give it a voice. Uh, We do this by sharing articles on our blog already, and this year we are launching this podcast for the whole community. I am Joy, the Voice Project's team leader, and today I am joined by Amjad Kayali, Amjad, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Um, So, yes, my name is Amjad Kayali. Um, I was born in Syria and um, I was, um, I have been for five, over five years now in in Maastricht in Holland. And, yep, um, I'm here with my family. Okay, so um, I thought about starting this podcast by sharing a bit how our experience was as volunteers for RPM. So uh, we both volunteered for the language cl- for the Dutch language classes, and so how was your experience as first being a refugee and then becoming a volunteer for RPM? Um, yes, so. When I first came to Maastricht, I could speak some Dutch, but not really good to to do anything useful. So I looked online and I found RPM and that they provide uh, Dutch language classes uh, for refugees. And I um, applied and started uh, attending the classes. After a few months, um, my language level really improved and um, um, I thought maybe I can provide some help because I can speak um, Arabic, English and Dutch so maybe that would be better for um, uh, that would help the refugees who can't uh, understand English or Dutch and that I can explain some grammar or vocabulary stuff to them in the class. So I started as a co-teacher. Yeah. Um, And then later I grew in RPM. Um, So uh, what are some suggestions you have that could be used to make the experience of refugees easier to navigate when they come to the Netherlands? Um, yes, so um, there are many, uh, okay, so in, in every country there are many uh, backgrounds. Um, so some refugees are educated, some of them are not. So I have to advise it for, the, for those two groups, the educated and uneducated, uneducated group. So if you are educated, just start um, building your um, um, network. Um, look for people who want to connect in in your area, in in your local area, 
um, uh, say what you um, did in your home country and that you want to go with it in here or that you want maybe you want to study something new so just um, be open to, to um, 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 like the new the new life in, in this country um, for the other group it, it's gonna be more difficult um, looking for people and um, um, make building a network is not gonna be as easy so they need to go for example to um, 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 activities like um, it doesn't have to be language it just have like music activities so m music painting is is uh, a language it does you don't have to speak it you have to show it so you build your network in in that language and later when you are in this network you're gonna have to you when you go to these activities you learn the language because you're gonna read uh, posters you're gonna try to translate them and then go to those activities so that's an idea about how um uh to to connect in a in a uh, in a local in your local area do you think that rpm um is good at providing this sort of uh, events or connection points for refugees and students to meet and to form these networks? Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, before COVID, um, there used to be like jam sessions, um, painting evenings, game games evenings, like board games evening, um, movie nights. Um, there used to be everything uh all, all kinds of events um so definitely rpm provided uh, it, um well rpm is like a family to me um uh provided like everything a refugee could need wow that's very nice <laughs> um i remember i went to a few of those evenings i i remember going to the one where inside out was playing um, and I enjoyed it a lot, but I remember there were a few refugees who didn't understand the meaning of the movie because it was animated and it was very abstract. So, yeah. Yep. So that's right. It's, it's going to be difficult, uh, um, talking and connecting, but, um, that's the best idea is, is to have an interaction. Uh, to have fun, to uh, make further another example, food <laughs> um, is like the best thing uh, uh, um, you could provide. Uh, you could cook together, uh, provide a friendship, provide <laughs> um, to make friends. To yeah. make friends. Um, um, was there, what was your favorite food that was made in RPM during oh, those evenings? So, um, it was like more than a, a year ago that last <laughs> time I went because of COVID. Um, 
I think uh, there was a dessert. I forgot its name. Um, salad. Um, I don't really remember the, <laughs> na- the main dish. Okay. What type of food was it? Um, I think... I, I think it was German. I'm not really sure because the, German. Okay. Yeah, the cook was German. Oh, the cook. Okay. Okay, you don't remember the no. dish. <laughs> um, uh, what is the first event that you remember going from RPM and that made you feel um, at home or welcome? Mm, okay, so the first event I went to was um, RPM's birthday at the in between. And, um, well, I didn't know anyone. And I was like, oh, I'm looking uh, for a new community here. And someone invited me on Facebook. I didn't know uh, that person either. <laughs> and I was like, have to start somewhere. Um, I went uh, to the in-between and there were like many refugees. And everyone was like open and just wanted to uh, connect uh, this person, me, uh, to, to RPM's community. Mm. Um, it was a very nice birthday, <laughs> uh, for RPM. Okay. Um, so when you were in Maastricht, was that the first time you came to the Netherlands? You came directly in Maastricht? Um, no. So actually, um, I, well, my first day in the Netherlands was in Amsterdam, in the station, in the train station. And um, so as a refugee, um, refugees, when they first come uh, to a European country, they have to register somewhere. And to be able to go to that place, I had to go to the police station. So I went to the police station one police, I don't really remember which one in Amsterdam and said, well, I am a refugee here and uh, I want to apply for a uh, residence. And then they gave me a train ticket and I went uh, um, to the main, as it say, in Holland, which is in, in a city called Der Appel, in a city near uh, to the German border. Mm-hmm. And how... Yeah, do you want to talk about how your experience was there? Yep, yes, yes. Um, so, um, uh, um, well, it's it was weird. Police giving me a ticket and uh, sending me <laughs> on a route I don't know to. And as it say, but yeah. they like printed a paper of the uh, uh, train route. And they had, they said, well, you have to step out in this station and take another train in this. And <laughs> it was weird. Um, I arrived to the other, uh, to, to the other thing. And uh, I was with my mother. And um, um, so um, there are different... Um, uh, it was in, in 2015, 2016. So mm-hmm. things might have changed. Um, but back then there were like, um, they, um, separated refugees from Middle Eastern to African to East European. And, and they put each group 
in in one side of the as it say um i was um, because i'm from syria i was the, with the middle eastern group um um so um we i me and my mother we had to stay in that uh, camp for three days so um which in each uh, side for different uh, um, um, nationalities and um, uh, places you have lived uh, at, there are also uh, separations between families, only men or only children or only women. Mm-hmm. So I was with my mother, so they, we were separated in the families um, 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 side. Um, um and well for family's side <laughs> we didn't have any place to stay at we slept three days there were no chairs we slept three days on tables <laughs> on tables <laughs> yep uh at the as i say until we got uh sent to another as i say in the south th- south um in the main, as it say, we had to uh, give fingerprints. We had to uh, sign and give if we have any uh, documents from our countries, we had to give that over there. And then they sent us to uh, well, that process sometimes takes one day, it depends on your nationality and how old you are. And mm-hmm. so children might go faster. Um, Women might go also faster. Men might go slower because men can endure the waiting time. Mm. Um, they say. Uh, um, so um, we it took us three days. Sometimes it takes like two months for some people. Uh, sleeping on table and like like that. Um, so uh, we were sent to another, as I'd say, in the south. In a city called Wirt, nearby Endoven. Yeah. Um, yes, so we stayed um, and in, in Wirt um, for um, one and a half years. One and a half years, okay. Yes, so, well, first uh, we were sent two rooms. Uh, well, there were beds in those. Okay. <laughs> um, we were sent to rooms uh, with, uh, well, in each room there was a group of 12 people. doesn't matter if they were one family, two families, or 10 families. Um, they just choose 10 people, 12 people, and send them. Um, and like, if there are for uh, families of three, then choose them and send them to this room. There were like no borders between the beds, uh, just uh, a TV that's hanging from a wall, a few closets for your clothes, and some beds. And that was it in those rooms. Um, yes, so we stayed in a room like this for two, three months, and it was horrible um there were people um from uh so 
it's not easy uh, to to stay to live with someone you don't know um, uh, you can speak with and um, um, yeah um, so um, how um, <clears throat> sorry um, how were your days like in the in this as it say um, yes so okay so okay well first uh, I will answer your question after this okay so, um, <laughs> First, we were separated in those rooms, uh, these big rooms, and then they made the rooms smaller with only two families, um, like max six, seven people, depends on each family. Um, if there were big families, like one family of seven people, then they were lucky. They were really lucky. <laughs> um, so, and after that, they made the rooms even smaller and uh, like two people per room uh they gave two people uh, uh each two people one room um if a family had like six members then they get three rooms <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah um so um my days in, in the first room with 12 people well um well, because you don't want to live with people you don't know, um, we hang um, um, like curtains between the beds because they were like two uh, up, down and upper bed. Like oh, like yeah, like uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like um, I don't know how it's called. Yeah, double like, deck. Yes, no. a double okay. bed, okay. down and up. Um, we, we hang curtains between those two beds uh, that we want to sleep we don't want to other people yeah so mm -hmm. um, we it was like really awkward uh, living with other people Be um, I didn't go much outside because um, I was like um, kind of sad yeah. Uh, because I, I thought, okay, um, I came to Europe. Um, I can study in European universities now. I can work in Europe. I, I can, uh, like, um, have my future here. And then I'm sent to, and as I say, like this, I will, I, I was really sad mm -hmm. and, um, didn't go much outside, didn't eat much. Well, the food is an, another story. Um, but later, um, uh, they uh, so they uh, made like a school inside the camp for um, everyone under eighteen years old. Sometimes they would accept nineteen uh, years old children, children, um, teenagers, uh, teenagers. Uh, if if they so that they really can help them, but if not, they would not. Um, so uh, when when this school was opened, I was like really happy, spending all day over there till five p.m. Mm. Um, because it was like I I could run from a reality 
which was the rooms, the, yeah. the, the horrible rooms. Um, um, so, were, were there no other activities for a refuge, for asylum seekers in, the, in that, as I'd say, before the school? Sorry, there were no other? Activities to do? Um, no, actually not. So there were no other activities. Um, um, because it was really big uh, and new, as I'd say, and they were like renovating it while moving refugees in, uh, into it. Mm -hmm. So they had, uh, they didn't do any activities. Um, um, so it was a military base. And uh, when the school opened, they, okay, they made some, uh, uh, a part of the, as I'd say, like a sport camp, if you want mm -hmm. uh, to, to do some sports, play football or something. But actually, yeah, that was it. Um, you have to buy your own football. We had no money back then. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to play in a field if you don't have... You, you, you can't basically do anything. So, um, yeah, uh, we, we moved into the smaller rooms. And uh, then um, I want to talk about food. Yeah. So um, when, when when we first arrived to this, as I'd say, um, there there was uh, there was a restaurant. They gave three meals a day: uh, breakfast, lunch, and uh, uh, dinner. <coughs> yes. The breakfast you could take as much of as you want of bread pieces and jam, um, um, like little plastic boxes of jam. Yes, yeah. uh, but same of butter. Uh, same was to to uh, lunch uh, with one uh, fruit piece of, for every person. So lunch was the same as breakfast. Same as breakfast with one fruit. With okay. Um, dinner was um, plastic boxes with um, um, food already cooked into them, and they just had to warm them mm -hmm. and into big in in big microwaves. So, like when you go to Albertain and you buy the pre-cooked. Yep, but the thing is about uh, the boxes we had; they were all either. Uh, 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 um, the date was expired or were already expired like it was on the day uh, okay <laughs> so also oh, they got them from the supermarkets yeah like they okay the, the uh, which has like which had like uh, an uh, outdated uh, yes yeah, so they were expired and then yes they... um, we, we used because it was warmed in in hundreds uh, hundreds of boxes were warmed at once mm -hmm. and so some of them um used to melt okay and uh <laughs> yes um drop plastic uh, pieces on the food and then uh um yeah it was like really bad mm -hmm. eating plastic mel uh, melted plastic in with food <laughs> later 
um, so because it was um, a really bad um, um, for everyone it, it wasn't bad for uh, it was bad for everyone in that let's say mm-hmm. so and in all as it says in Holland press is not allowed inside for uh, I, I can understand because it's not only uh, it's better maybe the press wants to some of the press is racist so that's yeah uh, it's also done to protect uh, refugees yes yeah but it's not always good for um, people don't know what's going inside yeah of course um, so um, because people were angry they just they didn't know what to do and then they thought uh, maybe we can do something um, the first two weeks people sat and they didn't get any news about their uh, residence uh, um, and so so you mean their application their applications they didn't get any news for a few weeks yes for two weeks two or three okay and then they, well people couldn't speak english most of them or dutch and so they thought we we have to do something we have to let people know we are here we, we are waiting because our families are still in our countries and we need to bring them to to safety and uh, so like a few a, a small group like 20 30 i think max 40 people sat in front of the Azad say so it was on in a street out, um, like five minutes uh, by car outside the city uh, weird mm-hmm. uh, um, yes so uh, people uh, after this first two weeks sat just sat and didn't know didn't do anything so passing cars saw that and wanted to stop and see what's going on why why are all those people just sitting on the street not doing anything not demonstrating not holding any so were you with them no uh well uh, um i um passed by i didn't want to stand because i didn't (laughs) yeah yeah i didn't want to to uh maybe maybe if the police comes and do something you didn't want any trouble yeah so um, the press came and they started. Well, they they didn't weren't allowed to film anything inside, but they filmed everything outside. Yeah, and uh, they started asking people. Uh, so there was one or two people who could speak English, and told that uh, uh, there is an asset say here, and there people are there are people who are waiting, and so. Uh, um, everyone, uh, uh, the, the story uh, was heard, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, how do you say this? The um, leader of municipality, the burgemeester. Um, yeah, uh, in Dutch, in English, it's uh, the mayor. The mayor. The, yeah, the city mayor. Uh, heard about this, as I'd say. I don't know if he didn't know or he. Uh, let's uh, 
so so he heard about this other as it say and uh, he wanted to do something so he went and uh, to to the place and uh, because uh, uh, he spoke about it and uh, press knew about it and people in the city knew about this as it say so well the organization who was uh, which was uh, responsible for it had to put more work into it yeah so um they built like uh places for washing machines uh they brought uh people could wash their clothes so, yeah. before before people couldn't okay. um um yeah and they just started uh putting more more work into it um so uh, the food stuff didn't get any better so people went on a, like a small demonstration again uh, i don't know uh, well i wasn't in the as i say at that time uh, um so uh, what what I heard from people was like there was like a small demonstration, and uh, um, um, security guards from the as I'd say were like really really um, scared, and they called the police and police came with uh, police dogs and okay <clears throat> um, yeah um, and and they just. Uh, it was like nine ten in in the evening and they just uh took a few people with them and everyone uh yeah well some of them were hit uh and were sent back to their rooms uh, yeah so peop- uh, did the- you know did you know those people no i didn't so um um after like some time, I don't know, a few days later, um, during in the day, uh, people demonstrated again, and uh, they wanted to give the idea that we don't want any tr- any trouble. We just want better food. So press again, P- press came, and the, pr- the the city mayor came again uh, to the as it say and um um yeah people talked with him and uh he said yeah uh, okay we, you don't want this food then kitchens are gonna be built and you will receive um uh, like small amount of money each week to to be able to cook yourself okay. to, to cook by yourself so um Yep, um, kitchens were built, and that's really better than uh, eating uh, plastic melted uh, pieces on. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think I agree with that. Yes. <laughs> the music you just heard is from our very own RPM's music team. I'm just wondering, um, 
weren't there do you know if there were any regulations in place that i mean why did the mayor make these changes only after you, there were protests why didn't he because people trusted the organization uh, which was responsible for the stuff in in the asset say people didn't really ask and Price wasn't allowed weren't weren't allowed to ask what's going on inside. So after that, the people demonstrated and brought the idea that the stuff is not very good mm-hmm. outside. They knew that, uh, and and then um, so they knew what uh, the uh, the outside people knew what's going on inside, and so this organization thought, oh, this has to be changed. Okay, so it was a private organization who took care of the as it say. I don't want to say any names. Um, yes, so this is a private organization and it's in whole Holland. Okay. Yep. Um, they have like as it says or around the country. Maybe in other as it says it's better than this as I'd say. Maybe because it was because it was only just a new as it say. They didn't have place to to put people, um, but the idea that uh, people had to demonstrate to bring the uh, to better things, I don't like it. They they should have known what to work on at which time. Yeah. Um, so another thing uh, is the health insurance. Um, Well, refugees don't have uh, health insurance. You mean asylum seekers? Asylum seekers. Okay, because then after you get refugee status, then you... You you get, you can uh, get the health insurance. Asylum seekers, before you get uh, the residence. If you are staying in the other city and you don't have any uh, 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 thing that says you are allowed to stay in this country, uh, then um, you get um, the 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 organization um, uh, there is like uh, an organization organization for looking um, to, uh, for checking those people uh, if they are uh, healthy or not and if they need uh, like uh, some any treatment. Um, so um, there was this organization and whenever people had any kind of pain if if someone uh, um, had like uh, 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 issues issues they would just say oh okay go home and drink uh, water (laughs) Um, one of my friends uh, it was eight in the evening. He was playing uh, tennis in in a field near to the Azizi. He bought his own racket, uh, second hand racket, and the ball. Uh, and he was playing with a friend, and he broke uh, his arm. So uh, he he can speak English. Um, so he called nine one one. And uh, he said, I am a refugee and I broke my arm. Uh, I am in this place. So there should be something on paper 
that allows to pick this person up. Uh, they said, 911 told them, oh, you're going to have to walk back to the other say and say that to the security and they have to register that and then we can send you an ambulance. I have no words for that. <laughs> um, on on a different story. Um, this should be uh, like on a basis, like everyone who comes into a country, um, into this country, have to be tested for specific kinds of uh, illnesses. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it doesn't... Um, um, uh, spread spread yeah um so people um didn't i didn't i wasn't tested for anything okay and later because we lived in a room of 12 um i got a disease and that disease you don't really uh it was in 2016 um you don't really uh, know that you have it until a few months later. So we moved. After a few months, we moved into this room of two people, me and my mom. And I was like always dizzy, always not wanting to eat. And in the school, I fell down. And my teacher took me to the uh, um, doctor's place in the inside the LZC. And uh, he, he just carried me and walked like uh, walked like ten minutes to to that place. And uh, he said, "You have to do something." <laughs> and then they were uh, after my my teacher insisted, they sent me to a hospital nearby. Um, yeah, the health insurance stuff. The, it's really really bad inside each, as it say. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, not health insurance, but just healthcare. Yeah, yeah. There, so basically, there is no healthcare. Yeah, uh, at all. Obviously, this has to change. <laughs> yep. Um. So okay. Well, I am sorry that all of this happened. Yeah. But no worries. I mean. Um, I hope uh, I I don't want anything to happen to any organization. Um, I I just hope that uh, stuff gets better for the people who work there and the people who live there. Do you so now you have you got a refugee status mm-hmm. and you are living with your family? But do you still have contact with asylum seekers living at uh, as it say? Yes. Do so, you know about the, how is the situation there now? Uh, okay, yes. So um, I don't know. Uh, I only know asylum seekers from one ZZ. And um, so again, um, maybe that's not always. So w- what happened at my ZZ um, doesn't have to be... Uh, 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 happening in all other states around the country. 
And what's happening in this Azad say, uh, I know right now, doesn't have to be happening in this Azad say around the country. Okay. So, yeah, of course, you just know about this one. Yes. Please. Yes. Um, so the people I know in here, um, uh, uh, they always say that, oh, we have... Um, what we uh, we have activities for uh, children we have we can do this we can do that and um so um there via external uh, organizations like rpm um uh, they are uh, uh, external organizations are working it's not only rpm I, i'm really proud that I am part of RPM but uh, so there are external uh, uh, um, organizations uh, that work to better the experience inside this as it say those external uh, organizations provide these activities yes and provide better uh, um, solutions for problems mm-hmm. So you're saying um, the Azadze itself still remains a bit uh, no, no. non-efficient? Actually, sometimes it depends on which part you are talking about. Health insurance, I think, yes. But um, activities, no, because there are external... Okay, so they are getting better at that because they get help from outside organizations yes yes but the internal working of the as it say like the food or the the space the food i think um, yes so people also get a small amount of money in here and and uh, um cook by themselves okay 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 um <laughs> um this was a do you have anything to add about this um yeah okay so we talked about schools for uh um minors Mm -hmm. um there is and in my as it say in in weird there was um like a small weekly class for people who wanted to learn the language because people didn't really know if they were gonna be accepted in this country or not so they had the choice to be able to to go uh, to those classes or not so there was this class like one class each week and um, um, so people could join this class but it wasn't I think it wasn't enough because um there okay so there was one class each week and there were 2000 people in that as i'd say so people had to do something people started going to the library people refugees uh, asylum seekers started to go to the library and look for help over there and uh buddies or uh, they found buddies in, in the in, in the library and they uh, um, spoke to, with them on a daily on, on a weekly basis 
uh, if that didn't happen, if they didn't fight by themselves, people outside the Azad Sea, um, yeah, it would have been bad because people wouldn't be able to learn the language, and the, that this is also very very important. Yes. <clears throat> so, do you think there should be better systems in place to help asylum seekers connect with? the locals so that they so that they don't just stay in the SSA not doing anything definitely yeah um, so so there should be maybe more organizations like RPM or yes um, the, not only that so uh, in that SSA there was one place for one class and uh People didn't really uh, um, go there because it was one class. What are we learning from it? Um, if it was like three classes a week, if it was like... Was it a language class? Yes. Yeah. Um, people would have went there. They should separate uh, people who were going to be accepted and give them like an extra... A class uh, uh, f- for um, to, to learn the language. They they should have done more more than okay. I I only classes is not enough. They so some people uh, have are professionals in in some fields in their countries, and uh, if they want to go on with their uh, uh, work in here then they need to know the basics of this work in here uh, because not all of the work is the same between over there and over here and so there should have been like it doesn't have to be classes it should uh, it also could be um, just um, um uh, um, language uh, slash um, network building slash um, um, what you what what do you want to be here in the future session? So that wasn't going on in, in my as it say. Yes. So so then people had to look for other things themselves, right? Yep. Many people have now uh, diplomas, uh, but uh, they are not able to use it because they didn't get any uh, help um, understanding the stuff in in or in the Dutch way. Because, for so example, there is no no help to um, integrate people with a higher education or like a profession into their like to use their own skills no but in- not at all for example if a person was a, a, um, if a person was a lawyer for example in his or her own country there is nothing at all to to translate that uh, in inside the as i say uh, to the dutch uh, system 
doesn't have to be uh, something with low. For example, if uh, there was something with, um, if, if a doctor, for example, um, there was nothing at all to help people um, know what they want to do in this country, uh, in, 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 or the, the, how to be a doctor in, in, in Holland, in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So the, their diplomas and their work is not recognized. They would have to get a new diploma here in the Netherlands. Uh, inside the AZSA, there was no help at all to get a new diploma or to help translate it or anything. Um, okay. um, if after you get the asylum, uh, uh, after you are a refugee and you get the residence, you will be able to look for organizations who can translate it and um, um, who can help you uh, look for uh, a, a work, but inside the other say, um, yeah, there is no help at all about what you did or what you want to do. There, in, in my other say, again. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so my next question would be um, since you are in contact with more asylum seekers in the AZSA um, right now with the whole COVID situation a lot of people are struggling at home especially maybe young students because they are alone, because they can't go to class, they can't meet anyone. Uh, the same thing for old people or for people in general. Of course, there are also people who enjoy not having to meet anyone or going out. But um, do you know about the experience of asylum seekers inside the uh, other safe? Um, I, I have an idea. Uh, um, I don't have like a total picture of it because I don't live in, in, in the other say but I have an idea about it so um, some refugees um, are attending the online classes from RPM and they are uh, mostly not going out um, sad because Above, they are waiting for their uh, residence. They they can't do anything, and um, through those classes, um, I try to provide some um, positiveness uh, to 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 them. Um, yeah, uh, uh, cooking and 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 living like alone. In, in the other say in a closed uh, room waiting for your residence and waiting for COVID to end is difficult. But um, yeah, hope COVID will get, uh, hope f- vaccines will get distributed soon. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think the last question for today, I. I want to ask you um, if you have a general message 
to say to the audience? Yeah, um, okay, so um, for refugees, students, and people who work uh, in other cities, just um, be open and um, and don't don't have don't uh, like if if uh, j- just be open to connections whichever the which uh, whichever the nationality is. Uh, um, I hope that everyone gets uh, everyone's experience gets better soon, and that COVID ends, and that as it says. Uh, living situation uh, uh, improves. Yeah. Uh, good luck, everyone. Okay, Amjad, thank you very much for being here and for sharing your stories and your thoughts and your insights. And to the audience, I would like to say that I hope everyone learned something and they that they now have a better picture of what it is like to come as a refugee, as an asylum seeker in the Netherlands. And definitely to the next story. See you next time. The music you just heard is was chosen by Amjad and is a song that reminds him of his country. Thank you all for listening. If you want more information about RPM, you can visit our website. But also, if you want to tell us a story, don't hesitate to contact us. In the next episode uh Sarah our volunteer for the from the voice team will be joined by Safwan who is a refugee ambassador and is also an asylum seeker from Syria